Okay, so I am going to tangent and talk, uh, take us to talking about our new course that we're doing together jointly with uh, C3 and the I Love You Guys Foundation, um, Save Them, and that is School Safety and Violent Event Incident Management. And I'm so excited that we're, we're going to get this. You and I have been working on this for such a long time. It feels like an eternity. And we're finally going to get this released and have it out here uh, in the first quarter of 2020. And I'm very, very excited to have that um, step forward and, and come forward. Do you mind talking a little bit about, um, you know, what it, what it meant to you and how you kind of see it all fitting together? Well, one of the things we've been really good at is classroom instructional materials, development, training, and actually conducting those trainings. Um, getting that functional side of things uh, is, I think, where C3 Pathways has excelled. And integrating the Counter-Strike tool into a reunification scenario where we can go hands-on, where we can get more functional with it, um, has been an extraordinary addition to how we looked at training and instruction. And so I, I think the first step in that was the brilliance of taking the Counter-Strike concept and saying, let's move that to a reunification. Let's put educators around the table, not just re uh, first responders. And it's been a tremendous addition to how we're going to be conducting some of our trainings in the future. Yeah, I'm, and I'm really excited about it. For the benefit of the listeners, so the, the Save Them class is uh, intended to be an eight-hour class, you know, a, a single day that is for a mix of responders and school administrators together. So we want some law enforcement in the room. We want fire EMS in the room, some emergency management, but we also want a very healthy showing of school administrators. Uh, we're looking, we, we expect the typical class size to run right around 50 people. About half of that would be school personnel, whether that's a mix of school leadership and teachers and administrators, uh, along with, you know, a good selection of, of law enforcement and fire EMS personnel, the responders, uh, uh, some, you know, some 911 and emergency management mixed in. But in that eight hour day, what we're planning to do, um, and John Michael, I'm sure you're going to chuckle because we, we had these conversations and, and, and it was certainly hard to get there. We're going to try to walk through in the morning. So the first four hour of the class, we're going to walk through the standard response protocol. We're going to walk through the active shooter incident management process and then the standard reunification method. And that's a lot of material to cover in four hours. And on top of that, as you said, we're going to get up and get around a board and begin to kind of walk our way through this. So we're going to do a, a relatively brief lecture on the standard response protocol. We're going to get everybody up around the board, around a board that's a, a school environment, and say, okay, here's the situation. Which is the correct version of the standard response protocol that uh, you want to implement? Show us how you're going to implement. Where are you going to move these kids that are in the halls and out of position and that kind of stuff? And basically get the school into either a lockout or a lockdown configuration, probably more likely. Then we're going to go back to the lecture and talk a little bit about the uh, the ASIM process, the active shooter incident management process, which addresses the res integrated response from law enforcement and fire EMS. 
show how that uh, kind of stands up, fits together. We're going to pause from the lecture, move back to the board. So we're going to take this school that's now in lockdown and begin to apply in a just a walkthrough way that initial response from law enforcement, fire EMS, to then manage that event from the responder point of view. And then once the last patient is transported from the scene, we'll take another pause, go back to lecture to talk about the standard reunification method, and then come back to the board that now the crisis event is over, but we've still got all of these kids that need to be accounted for, moved safely to the reunification site, a reunification site that, by the way, has to be set up and organized, and then reunify uh, the kids with the guardians, with the custodial uh, parent and, and guardians, and track it all. Uh, and then uh, we're going to break for lunch because everybody's going to be brain dead at that point. <laughs> uh, we're going to break for lunch. And when we come back in the afternoon, we're going to spend the entire afternoon running scenarios from start to finish so that we get some repetition and people can really begin to apply and under, understand these processes. And I'm, I'm just so excited that, uh, about doing that as a joint venture with you. Uh, working together with a lot of America between us, <laughs> from Florida <laughs> to Colorado, we did manage to get stuff done. And, and the level of effort from your side of the house was, was absolutely tremendous. Um, I think I occasionally poked a finger at it as you did the heavy lifting. <laughs> well, I think I think that's an undersell, but I, I, I appreciate it. You did a, an awful lot of work in the background, uh, including helping us with uh, some of the classroom materials and the slides and shared an enormous amount of, of the information. I mean, the bulk of the course is really about SRP and SRM. Um, you know, the ASIM is, a, I mean, if you split it into thirds, you've got, you know, kind of two thirds of it. So I I think you're selling yourself short by saying you only poked a finger in it. Well, you got a lot more to do it than that. So that's exciting. It is. It's very exciting. Um, watching my mail carefully this time of year, I understand uh, one of the Counter-Strike kits is on its way. Yeah, I knew I wasn't going to get through. I wasn't going to get through this without being accountable for that. Which, which, by the way, just to back at you, what's the date that us, the new version of SRM will be released? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, Actually, it went we, from Q4 to Q1. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, we do have we do have all of the materials now. We had a we had a little bit of a production hiccup with the uh, uh, with the student chips uh, that we're using as part of the Counter Strike, but that has been solved. We've rerun that. We've got all the materials in house. In fact, um, the uh, young ladies that that do our Counter Strike production are here today, uh, including uh, my daughter Abby. Uh, and they are working on building boards and putting those kits together. So I am actually hoping to have you have have one to send you. Uh, I, I, it's not going to get there as a Christmas present, John Michael, but uh, it'll be there for a New Year's present. Spectacular. <laughs> uh, unless, of course, that white stuff that comes down in Colorado messes with shipping. That That's not my responsibility. But yeah, other than that... 
Evidently, shipping's a little tight this year, this time of year as well. <laughs> it is. It is. No, I'm I'm actually very, very excited to get one of the first production. I know you've seen a number of the prototype versions that we built, and you and I did a class together where we kind of uh, beta test some of this stuff and learned some some really, really good lessons, got some great feedback. So I'm really excited to get one of the production units in your hand. I'm looking forward to it, Bill, and, and it is... Uh, the right time of year to get it. <laughs> Absolutely. So I wanted to ask you about any other new, I love you guys stuff, but I want to revisit something because you kind of skimmed over it pretty quick. And I'm not sure that our listeners may have caught that. And that is the software work you're doing to kind of customize some stuff. Can you back up and revisit that a little bit and tell everybody what you're up to there? Because I, I think that's pretty exciting and I think it's going to be pretty interesting to our emergency responders that are out there. One of the things that has been a fabulous training tool as well as um, an execution tool are our reunification operation kits. And in part of the materials there, we've got a handful of binders that a school district or agency can assemble on their own. Um, we, we, provide the files and a manifest and schools uh, and districts put it together themselves. Uh, but I also realized that most everyone on scene has one of those things in their pocket that's got a screen on it. And, uh, and so we are hoping to be able to deploy uh, some of that training material, uh, the job action sheets electronically in a self-contained uh, web blob, if you will. It's called a progressive web app. And the benefit of those is we can host them on the website and folks can just download them, uh, save them to their home screen, and it looks and feels just like a little application. Uh, but the benefit of that is that we can, from the website, perhaps provide for some customization so that they can create a customized progressive web app that's got the reunification operation kit in it. And uh, uh, we're excited about that. Uh, I've got some code in the mix right now. Uh, just before I started this call, I managed to break one piece of it. <laughs> uh, but, but the foundation is moving more and more towards that commitment of, sure, we'll deliver you a PDF at no cost. Absolutely, there are books available but we want to be able to deliver electronically so that it's phone first and phone friendly as well. And that's one of our big pushes uh, for the tail end of this year and going forward into 2020 is uh, mobile first content delivery. I, I, it's just such a fabulous idea. As, as you know, you and I have, have, have talked about this on several occasions. We've got a phone app that we built for our checklist that's available both in uh, the uh, Android uh, store and I, uh, iPhone as well uh, that we make available for free and doesn't have commercials in that. And, and it is, for those of, of you out there that have never been part of developing something like that, it is not a small task. Uh, it is a lot of work to develop, uh, to develop 
phone apps that are being distributed in the store, there's a pretty regimented process that you have to go through, uh, not only to get them built, but to get them approved and released. Uh, and and it's it's not it takes a big commitment. It takes a big commitment. And I, I really admire not only that, that you guys are moving that direction on the foundation, but some of your ideas for being able to customize it are pretty exciting. Uh, and I'm, I'm very anxious to hear what your feedback is on on the progressive web app tool, as you and I have talked about, uh, because it, 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 is, uh, it is a big undertaking to not only publish a phone app, but to maintain it and take care of, you know, take care of the inevitable tech support problems that come up. Um, you know, we, we don't get those calls too much anymore, but the, when we first released it, you know, there were, um, there were a number of phone calls that, that came in and you, you've got to be responsive to those and, and fix those things. And so it's, um, it's a big effort. I admire that you're doing it. Well, one of the things that's different between progressive web apps and full-blown app development is that it stays in our wheelhouse. It's HTML, JavaScript at the end of the day, and uh, and there's less development energy necessary than going down the full app development path. And um, I'm crossing my fingers and hoping that's so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what, what other, so, so other than the, the new, the new web app, uh, and, and some custom software, uh, what do you have guys have any other new stuff that you've, uh, you've got going on at the foundation? I know you've added some, some new staff members and team and what other new stuff you got going on? You want to tell everybody about? Well, we'll do one more quick one. And that is, uh, Earlier this week, we were filming our training video for the municipal version of the SRP. Oh, wow. And uh, the city and county of Denver uh, has gone into a curriculum usage agreement, and we have developed custom materials from a municipal perspective. And uh, that book is out. <laughs> it's not on the website yet, uh, but um, we're very excited about it extending beyond K-12, higher ed, et cetera. Um, and so a um, municipal version of the SRP and that carries some different environmental challenges and uh, perhaps some more adult conversations. That's, that is really exciting. Congratulations on that, John Michael. I know you've had that in the works. Uh, so that's very, very exciting to, uh, to hear that that went out. And I, uh, I know from what you told me offline, um, that that was well received out there. So I'm, I'm very happy for you, you know, uh, under, under the topic of, of odds and ends. So, you know, it's, I, I wanted to kind of, there were a couple of things that didn't fit any place else. One of the things I wanted to remind you of and kind of talk about real briefly was, was this, uh, this, uh, phrase that we coined called an emotionally responsible room entry. Uh, and for the, the benefit of, of the listeners, there were, uh, and there's been a number of events, not just one, there's been a number, but there was one in particular, and I don't want to name it, um, but there was one event in particular that happened at a school, and uh, the event was, the, the threat was dealt with very quickly, uh, the injured were rescued very quickly, uh, by all measures, a, a phenomenal initial response, just a phenomenal initial response, but then in the follow-on things kind of went a little sideways and uh, the school had gone into lockdown. All of the doors were locked. And instead of pausing and kind of 
regrouping and getting organized and getting the keys and coming up with a plan, responders began to kick doors in and force doors and make full tactical weapons up entries into every single room um, with quite a, quite a bit of time had passed from the actual uh, cessation of the active threat, the active violence. And in the process, this was a, a school that had some younger kids. And in the process, um, we, we probably added some trauma, emotional trauma uh, to kids that probably wasn't really needed. Uh, and it made us kind of step back and take a pause and say, okay, what, how do we convey that to responders to say, all right, the, the threat's done, the injured have been transported, you've got a perimeter, the situation's contained, let's take a deep breath, come up with a plan for you know, clearing and moving the kids off campus to the reunification center, uh, and this, this term emotionally responsible room entry. Can you talk a little bit, you know, and again, I don't want to, I, I don't want to highlight where the incident occurred, but can you talk a little bit more in general sense about uh, some of the outcomes and, and what you see as good guidance to responders going forward? It's really interesting. There's uh, a few cops in the country who've been directly involved in multiple active violence incidents at schools. And uh, two of them are actually here in Colorado. And the conversation there is very interesting because somebody who's been through this once or twice or three times has a different perspective. And they are very tuned in to their impact on the students during the event. And there's two outcomes there. It's a positive impact or it's a negative impact. And they totally get the, the challenge of, uh, are there more perpetrators? But they also recognize their history, their data, and their intel. And rarely is that the case. And often we can just take a deep breath, slow down, and let's not go overboard going into that room, especially if it's seven-year-olds. Mm. And so... Um, the conversation we're having with law enforcement and, and we're in a unique position to do it. And it's a little tentative, uh, although occasionally I might get a little firmer in my, my push on this. And that is, I want everyone safe. I want that scene secured and everyone knows that it's secured, but we can be a little more gentle with our teens, our tweens and our kiddos. Yeah, you you mentioned seven year old, and it just uh, gave me an empty pit in my stomach and made my heart sink a little bit. You know, and, and I I can tell you on our side, we're having a lot of uh, a lot of conversation internally about can we develop some formal tactical guidance on how to do a. A, a, you know, emotionally responsible room entry. How do, how do we do that in a tactically safe way um, or a, a, uh, a moderated way so that you're prepared for a threat should one present, but the entry itself is not as frightening and threatening to those in the room? 
And, and we don't, I, I can't say that we have an answer for it yet. Um, I, I think that I'm very encouraged by the nature and the tone of the conversation. Uh, I will tell you one of the challenges is there's um, no universal agreement in law enforcement on how to do a room entry to begin with. Uh, one of the funnest ways to get cops to fight with each other is to, you know, to get them to pit one room entry against another and then stand back and watch the fireworks, um, which, <laughs> which is sometimes entertaining, but it's, it's certainly not helpful on, on this topic. But it has slowed us down a little bit because nobody, um, nobody really agrees on, on that there is a best way. And I think that probably is because there, there probably isn't one best way. There's probably a bunch of different ways that need to be uh, selected based on the situation, the tactics, the building, the intel, uh, you know, all of those things going on. The experience of the team. You know, is your room entry being done by patrol officers or a SWAT team? That's a, that makes a big difference. Uh, but I'm encouraged by the tenor of the conversation going on. Um, we're actually in the process of reaching out formally to uh, some of the, the uh, tactical associations, the national associations, and, and asking them if they would join us in kind of working on this. Uh, and not to say that there's only one way or this is the right way or the wrong way or anything, but just to give some guidance to say you can be reasonably safe, you know, tactically safe and still do it this way, which is not so frightening to kids. Um, and, and here's an example or two of what that could look like. Uh, so here, take this and, you know, go practice on your own and, and, and just keep it in the back of your mind. Absolutely. And, and you hit on it and we're sensitive to it as well. And that is giving folks, uh, in that profession, you got to do it this way um, is a problematic thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but adding the notion that there's a consideration um, is one that we're very, very attentive to. And anytime there's law enforcement in the room, we bring it up. And, and typically it starts like that. Who's, who are my cops? Who are my cops with kids? Yeah. And <laughs> now let's talk about those kids. <laughs> and, uh, and not one of them has said to me yet, yeah, I want them coming in, you know, with all their guns ablazing. And it's, it's a consideration. Yeah, it's funny. One of, one of our instructors, when he teaches our, our hostage negotiation module, he always says, how many people in here are married? How many people have teenage kids? Congratulations, you're already a negotiator. <laughs> what um, uh, do you have any other odds and ends that you'd, you'd like to just kind of uh, throw out there for the good of the group? We've, we've been busy. Um, I, I'm very excited. I love going out and training, but organizationally we uh, are shooting for a cap this year. That's a little less than last year. And that'll allow me to get some uh, more of the production side of things done. Yeah, my recollection is you spent almost 250 days on the road. 2018 was very busy. 2019 was busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh, uh, as, a, as another fellow weary traveler, uh, I'm excited to hear for both the foundation and for you personally that, that um, you're going to try to moderate that a little bit. I know it takes time. It takes time to shift gears, but I'm, I'm excited for you. Uh, we've got some tremendous adjunct instructors. Um, uh, one of the conversations that came up was, well, it's not a, a John Michael presentation. Well, I can't do a Stacy presentation. And she brings uh, her experience as a patrol deputy and how 
lockdown drills looked from that perspective, as well as her experience as a hostage negotiator uh, to our training table. So uh, it's trainers like her. We are delighted with uh, the folks that are out training for us now. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, John Michael, I think that's probably a pretty good place to wrap this up. I cannot thank you enough, uh, not only for being our first guest on the podcast series, but just uh, taking the time to to talk with us, to share with our listeners, um, and to share your material. You know, for those listeners that don't realize this, uh, John Michael and the foundation shared the SRP and the SRM material with us and allowed us to include it in our textbooks, in our classes, uh, for no cost. Um, it just said, this is good material, this is the right thing to do, and, and made that available to us and gave us permission to do that. And, and I just cannot thank you enough for the, the support you've given us in the past and the continued support that you give us moving forward. We can't move the needle alone, Bill, and it's truly partnerships like this uh, that start to embrace the collective impact of working together. The, the, the partnership between nonprofit and commercial organizations is stronger than either one alone. I agree. I agree. It takes everybody to do it. Well, John Michael, thank you very much. And to our listeners uh, out there, uh, thank you for tuning in. Please come back and uh, join us on our next podcast. And until then, uh, be safe. <laughs>